Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. This year it's 366 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 78. I'm going to give you what I call seven tips of things that you should be doing this month, during the month of February, before the NFL Combine. That's what we're going to do today. I think it's going to be beneficial, a strategy session for all of you Dynasty owners out there. Of course, we've come to the end of the season. It was a great Super Bowl, fantastic end of the season. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs and all their fans for winning a Super Bowl. And congrats, too, to all of you who actually won Super Bowls yourselves in your Dynasty Leagues. And so now that the season has come and gone, what Dynasty owners do is usually one of two things. One, some Dynasty owners owners want a break, and so they check out until perhaps their commissioner reminds them that the rookie draft is next week. But then there's the other type of owners, like you, the Dynasty freaks, who stay engaged throughout the season, and they make themselves as owners, and they make their Dynasty teams better in the offseason. So I want to suggest a few things that you can do uh, to make yourself better as an owner and make your teams better um, during this offseason. Specifically, these are the very things that I do in the month of February, things that I aim to do actually before the NFL Combine. So we've got a pretty particular set time here. Season ends. There's about three weeks until the NFL Combine starts at the end of February. And so these are the things that I aim to do every February with all of my teams leading up to the Combine. Let's start with number one. Number one is honestly assess your team. I think the offseason begins by looking at your team to determine what your team needs, uh, determine which positions you're, you, you have the greatest need. Uh, note the positions where you lack depth, where you know that you're going to have to build up some depth. Note the positions where you lack youth, the positions on your team where you're actually getting kind of old. And also notice the positions of strength that you have and players that you can maybe trade to build up those positions of weakness. So it starts with just really an honest assessment of your team. And that includes also looking at your draft picks to determine if you can address the weaknesses on your team in the draft or if you're going to actually have to do something by making a trade. So honestly, assess your team. Look at where you have strengths, weaknesses, where you might need to make some trades, and uh, be honest about where you stand compared to other teams in your league, which leads me to the second thing that you should do. You should also assess other teams in your league. Now, I don't think you have to do this with as much depth because, you know, you're going to kind of grate your own team over the coals, you know, and look at it a little bit more strictly, a little bit more thoroughly, rather, I should have said. But one of the things that you uh, should do is you should uh, look at the other teams in your league. And after clearly determining your team's need, when you look at the other teams, what it does is it helps you see uh, something that you that you might have need of the position that they have, maybe a position where you have its strength, where other teams have weaknesses compared to yours. And what this will help you do is it'll help you craft possible off-season trades. So look at the other teams and look for older players that had poor seasons that you maybe still believe in. Like you got to look back, look over teams' rosters and see which ones have players that you still believe in, but you know after a bad season, perhaps other uh, owners would be ready to give up on them. Those are the type of players you look for. Additionally, one of the things I always look for is rookies. Rookies that didn't perform well in their first year, but you still believe in, 
but they may be willing to sell them now because of their poor performance that they had in year number one. So that's one thing you do is you look kind of over the rosters, find guys that you still believe in that you suspect other people have soured on and note that those are possible players for you to make trades for. Also, again, be sure to look at your league's draft order so you can see which teams uh, may be coveting picks and which teams may have a lot of picks and be willing to make trades. So you have to look at that draft board for next year and really assess that from what each team has, not just currently on the roster, but what the team could become after the draft. Uh, after the draft. So honestly, assess your team. Second, assess the other teams in your league. Third thing is make waiver moves and create a scout team. Uh, make waiver moves and create a scout team. One of the things you want to do at the end of the year is you want to lose the dead weight off your roster by cutting guys and picking up players off waivers. Contrary to other analysts, I actually don't cut my kickers and defenses, but many analysts would recommend that you do. Um, I'm of the opinion that if I have a top 10 kicker uh, from last year on my team, that particularly if they're on a high-scoring offense this next year, I'm going to keep them. And so I'm a little bit different than other people you might listen to. I believe in keeping one kicker, particularly if it's a kicker that was on a top 10 uh, team last year. And I also believe in at least keeping two defenses, particularly if they were two defenses that were in the top 20 defenses. Now, of course, this depends greatly on how your league scores kickers and defenses, but in my leagues, most of them, they still count quite a bit. And so as they do, then I'm actually willing to keep those players. Still, there are many other players that are worth cutting at the end of your season. Particularly, I'm willing to cut players that I picked up at the end of the year due to an injury. So maybe someone was injured and I just picked up their backup, whether a receiver or a running back, or perhaps could even be a quarterback for that matter. I'm also willing to cut rookies or second-year players that appear to be buried on a depth chart or have not made the most of their opportunities that they've been given so far. And I'm not saying give up on guys. You've got to be pretty particular in this. But guys that you can tell just don't look like they're ever going to really become a starter on their team. That's kind of the dead weight that I'd be willing to pick up and maybe pick someone up off the waiver wire that I think might have a little bit more of an opportunity than the dead weight people on my rosters. There's no need sometimes holding handcuffs. Uh, there's also no need holding players that you think are going to get buried in the draft. Now, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen in the draft, but there are always certain positions where you can guarantee or most likely guarantee it's going to be addressed by that team in the NFL draft, and so some of your guys are going to get buried that way. So something to consider, make a waiver moves, and at the very least, what you want to do, if you don't really have anyone that you feel comfortable dropping because you like you know, the way your team's stacked up compared to what there is on the wire, which that's the case for me and often um, several of my leagues, even when I did this process these last few weeks, uh, what I'd at least do is then you create a scout team. So maybe the guys that you're just not quite willing to pick up because you'd have to drop a player, you can still put them on your scout team. Most, most of our websites have a scout team or maybe have the, what they call a watched list. Start to build up your watch list and even clean out your watch list that you had, your scout team that you had from the year leading up. You're going to see that a lot of those players are already on rosters, probably going to be kept, or maybe you've just decided you don't believe in them like you did at one point. So kind of clean up your scout team, sharpen that up. That's the third tip that I'd have. Honestly, assess your team, assess the other teams in your league, make waiver moves and create a scout team, and then... Um, Note which players and free agents, which players are about to be free agents. That's really important. So you want to be sure that you're aware of which players are free agents and could change teams. Often dynasty owners are not aware of the, of the contract status of their players or uh, the players on their team or just other players in the league. And so players' contracts can radically affect the player value or at least put their value in a pretty dangerous limbo until we know which team they will join, Right. So this year, especially more than most years, it's a pretty incredible amount of free agents that are out, out there, especially at the quarterback position. 
which, you know, of course, the quarterback position affects the player values of so many other players just because they're the first guy to touch the ball every play, right? So one of the things that you do is use one of the free agent status of, of your team, um, chart the free agent status of the team, of the players on your team, and so that you can know at least how you should assess them maybe a little bit differently knowing that they might be a free agent. Sometimes in these cases, it actually gets you kind of excited because you're waiting and thinking they might have a better opportunity. In other cases, you look at them and your value of them is going down because you're pretty sure the team's not going to keep them and they're going to go somewhere else and lose some of their value. So this is, of course, naturally pretty risky. Free agency is risky. It creates some interesting buying and selling points in the offseason uh, to begin with. So many dynasty owners are unaware of players' free agent status, and so you can take advantage of their ignorance at the same time. It's also unsure where a player may land, so buying or selling can be pretty risky. The thing that you really, the way that you really win by knowing which players are free agents, particularly if you have an open waiver wire in your league, when free agency comes around there at the start of March, when players get moved to teams, you can you can make moves really quickly. And so really these are usually happen in absence. If there's a player that's been uh, maybe gets off of one team and moves to another, then you can look at the roster and the players that are likely going to uh, step in and fill the void of the player was gone. And sometimes you're going to find guys on the waiver um, just because someone else has left and vacated their spot. And so if you're aware of the free agents and you're ready to just pounce once those moves are made, that's why you create the scout list because you, you stack up your scout list with guys that might have a role if someone in front of them was to be traded or to be lost in free agency. And so you're the first then to pounce when you're given the opportunity. So honestly assess your team, assess the other teams in your league, make waiver moves and create a scout team. Note which players are free agents. And fifth, I would say put together your rookie board. Like I highly recommend putting together your rookie board before the NFL Combine. I think it's a really good practice because it helps you evaluate players before the Combine and then of course before the NFL Draft. So you can actually look back and think about what you thought about those players before those two pivotal uh, things that change people's status, the combine and the NFL draft. I'd recommend looking at rookie rankings. You can start by looking at mine. Of course, I would recommend those. Look at my rookie uh, rankings on the Dynasty Freaks website, and you can then go and just start looking at those players. One of the easiest things to do is just pull up on YouTube and watch the highlights and then begin to form your own opinion of the rookie class. Um, in addition to the film, research players' productivity. So look up their productivity by going to different websites where you can see how productive they were each year that they had in college. Uh, just enter the players' names in the search bar and, and see their productivity. Uh, film and productivity, I think, are the primary ways to evaluate players, uh, while there are some other pretty important things like breakout age is a really helpful tool as well. But look at those things and put together your own rookie board. This is what's fun about Dynasty. Don't just trust my opinion or go to my rankings. Don't just go to the other websites out there and trust their rankings. Maybe start with their rankings. And then start to form your own opinion. Make your own rookie board prior to the NFL Combine so you can have on record what you thought of people before the Combine and then certainly before the NFL Draft, where draft capital changes people's values pretty quickly. Assess your team. Assess the other teams in your league. Make waiver moves and create a scout team. Note which players are free agents. Put together a rookie board. And sixth, listen to the NFL Draft analysts. So I, of course, have a full-time job as a pastor. I have a part-time job in pet sitting, and, of course, I run this website. And that means I can't watch as much film, nor do I actually have the experience. I've got to be honest, I don't have the experience of many, many others that are out there that you could follow. And so I do my own analysis, for sure, of the rookie class, and then I listen to many other draft analysts, and they help inform my opinions as well. 
So I listen to podcasts like The Stick to Football, uh, Move the Sticks, First Draft, and Rotoviz. Uh, of course, listen to Matt Waldman's RSP and when he speaks on football guys to get expert analysis of the upcoming uh, prospects. And so over the years, I've developed um, my metrics and my ways to value rookies, but it's always informed after the fact of hearing those whose full-time job it is to do so because I've learned a lot from those experts, and um, as most of us could do, but even each, each position, I have my own opinions, but I let theirs weigh in. Theirs is a part of what makes me uh, rate or rank guys the way that I rank them. And so you need to listen to other NFL draft analysts, the guys that are actually spending their full-time job is to assess uh, these prospects. And finally, make trade offers. Come on, I know I'm speaking to Dynasty Freaks here, so let's, let's be real. Make trades, people. Uh, this is the best way to develop your team during the offseason. It's to make trades. So you have to be active throughout the season. I'm aware that some leagues are not freaks. They're not dynasty freaks. But I have some, and I keep making offers in those. And the offers where, where teams are kind of lame, um, I text and I call. And I make sure that those people that aren't checking the website are, are still know that I'm actually making trades with them. And, of course, the dynasty freak leagues that you have where people are active, it's so much fun. Uh, just to be making trade offers. Even just throwing things out there helps you assess how someone else values another player. I'm not saying offer like totally crappy trades. You don't want to be that guy. But throw something out and just see what people think so that you can get a better understanding of how they value a player. And then maybe they counter back and you see which players on their roster might actually be tradable because they've actually put them in an offer. Even if it's not a good offer, that's a sign to you that that's a player they're getting ready or would be willing to get rid of. And so trading, and even, even if the if trades get rejected, um, even if people counter, you're learning a lot about what people think about the players on their teams. And so trade away. Trades are what make Dynasty Leagues great, make savvy owners' teams great. Speaking of which, I'm going to make some trade offers on my leagues right now. That's what I'm going to go spend some time doing, practicing what I preach. Well, that's a wrap this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Of course, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at DynastyFreaks.com. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's. As always, I am much better on email than I am on Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me, and that's easily at DynastyFreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I would be very honored if you take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. That would mean a lot to me. Again, thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.